Entrepreneurs often have similar characteristics. Energy, passion, vision. But why do some soar to success while others struggle to climb? Less than 2% of women-owned businesses in North America ever achieve a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Why is that? And how do we dramatically increase that number? Welcome to Breakthrough with your host, Sarah Roach-Lewis. Sarah offers conversations with the ambitious women entrepreneurs in that 2% to help you break through. Now, here is Sarah Roach-Lewis. Well, hello, ambitious one. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Breakthrough. Perhaps you have a bold ambition or an emerging desire to hit the million dollar mark and beyond in your business. You may be well on your way or just starting out. Regardless, this show is for you. I want to welcome Tammy Roach to the show today. Tammy is the owner of Charlottetown Mitsubishi and the first woman to own a dealership on PEI. Across Canada, there are only about a handful of women-owned dealerships. And so, you know, this is a really interesting space for women to hang out in a place that was so traditionally male. So, Tammy, welcome to Breakthrough. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, and for those of you who have noticed, Tammy and I share a last name. <laughs> so my dad is, um, my dad was the middle of 15 kids and uh, Tammy is married to my youngest uncle. So one of our favorite party tricks um, when we go to networking events is uh, for me to say, this is my auntie Tammy. And uh, people always give us sort of funny looks. <laughs> Makes me feel old because we, we, are, we are the same age. Not that I'm going to maybe say the age. It doesn't really matter, but we are the same age. And it's always sort of my little purpose, right? Like, okay, let's see if I can make Tammy feel old. <laughs> so, Tammy, yep. I do want to say welcome. And you are perhaps the quickest seven-figure earner that I've talked to so far. Um, <clears throat> tell me a little bit about your dealership. How long have you owned this dealership? Our showroom has been open for about seven and a half months. Um, we did quite an extensive renovation. So we started the renovations probably five months prior to that. So really about a year sort of hard, hardcore working on the renovations and then opening the doors about seven and a half months ago. So Amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank um, you. Having seen a little bit of that behind the scenes, it's certainly not for the faint of heart. So tell yeah. me a little bit about this. You know, I think one of the things that's really interesting in your experience is the difference a business model can make. You know, I mean, there's lots of people who are, who the challenge for you is not getting to the seven figures. You were able to do that pretty quickly. So tell me about what are some of the challenges? What does it look like to get a dealership up and running? So the absolute biggest challenge for me was capital, getting capital, because it's millions of dollars. You know, this isn't a couple hundred grand. This was multi, multi millions of dollars that I was looking for. That was really tough. Um, I have no family that I can go to for millions of dollars. Uh, I was raised by a single mother, um, you know, never really been around money, if you will. So that was the hardest, hardest thing. Um, when I got the phone call from Mitsubishi uh, asking me if I would be interested uh, in owning my own dealership, I was like, yes, of course, no problem at all. Oh my God, for sure. And they're like, so you think you can get the capital? I'm like, oh yes, don't worry about it, right? <laughs> I sort of just flew by the seat of my pants and just sort of fake it till you make it. Um, 
which I think in business you have to kind of do a lot. Um, I mean, obviously I wouldn't do that with something I wasn't sure that I was going to work really hard at achieving. So I literally sat down on my deck one day in the summer um, and wrote down every single person that I knew on the planet that I thought might have money or what I conceived as money, like big money. And I literally sat down and wrote down all their phone numbers. I think I still have a piece of paper at home and I called each of them and I just, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I just said, Hey, I have this, uh, business proposal. Um, would you please look at it? I, I need money. And, um, yeah, it was really tough, but I knew I had to do it. Everything else was ready to go. Mitsubishi had approved me. I found a location, sort of everything was ready. I just needed some money. And I, I was lucky I did end up at the end of like probably three days of lots of stress and lots of phone calls and racking my brain. Um, I was able to raise the money, which was, that's amazing. Yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. So super hard. Mm -hmm. And what did you do? What did you tell yourself? How did you prepare for those conversations of, I mean, it's hard to ask people for $20, let alone, Hey, got a million dollars you can uh, lend me. Yeah. Um, basically I just remember sitting down in my pajamas on the deck, you've been to my deck. Um, and I just said to myself, you have to do this. This, there's no choice. You have to do this. You are going to, you're going to make me cry. You're going to make this happen. It's going to happen. By the end of tomorrow, you're going to raise the money that you need. And I just sat down and I said, this is going to happen. And I literally just called people and I just said, hey, I've been offered a dealership. I've been approved. You know me. I've been in the business. At that time, it was for like 19 years. Um, my biggest investor actually kind of came out of the blue. I was actually talking to a female general manager. Her and I became very good friends because we were usually the only women in a, ever in a meeting. And I called her and just sort of was joking around with her and telling her the story. And she was so proud of me. And her owner of the dealership stepped up and said, you know, if you need money, I've got money. And I was like, what? He knew of me. He knew my reputation. He knew about me. And uh, I just called him up and we sort of started negotiating. He flew in one night and and met, met me and my husband. And I think he could tell right away my passion for the business. And, um, you know, he knew... I was going to do well. And he, uh, I said to him one day, I said, why are you doing this for me? Like giving me all this money. And he doesn't know me that well. And he said, you know what? He said, somebody did it for me. And I was like, wow, like, wow, I'm going to get choked up again. Um, and at my grand opening, he flew in and I was just so pleased. And, um, I didn't name any of my investors that were in the room, but I just said to them all, like, I hope they realize not only the money sacrifice that they were giving me, but it just lets you know that people believe in you. And that's huge when you're, you know, taking such a giant leap of faith. And, um, you know, I really hope one day to pay it forward. And I hope that someday, you know, 10 years down the road or whatever, that if I see somebody like myself who just simply can't get the capital, that I'll I'll be able to step forward and help them, you know, achieve their dream. Because it just 
it's a, I still think about it to this day and get kind of choked up. And he still texts me and how you doing? And anyway. That's it's so amazing. Fun. Yeah, that's so great. So let's back up a little bit further. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about your journey that puts you in a position where Mitsubishi set, calls and says, hey, Tammy, want to <laughs> run a dealership? Want to buy a dealership? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was 19 years. So uh, actually, it was on my maternity leave. Um, I decided to change careers. Accounting is my background. So I applied at the small dealership and ended up doing everything like driving customers, uh, answering the phone. I did all the book work, everything, and just sort of learned and listened. I listened a lot, learned a lot about service and cars because I knew nothing about cars when I started. Um, if my car made a noise, I turned the radio up. <laughs> then there was no more noise. It was awesome. Um, and I just sort of then the owner of that small car dealership bought a big Volkswagen dealership that I went with him and I was controller for five years and then I was fixed operations manager where I ran the service and parts department and then I went to general manager which was huge I was one of the first female general managers certainly on Prince Edward Island um, and just sort of ran it and then um, the head network developer from Volkswagen moved to Mitsubishi so he knew about me and just called me up one day and asked me if I wanted a dealership. So it was 19 years of sort of having every position in the dealership. So I, I knew, yeah. So I think for those, you know, I think it's important to pause for people listening. You started in a dealership 19 years ago in an admin kind of receptionist oh, accounting yeah. role. And over, and so if you hearken back to Tammy 20 years ago did you have a desire to have to do something big like what you've done or could you have just not even conceived it um I think entrepreneurship has always been part of me like I've built cottages in the past and owned like a cottage business and small sort of different businesses I knew if I ever wanted to do business I wanted to go big um, it just sort of came and sort of grew as I went. I don't know if I started out, but I think it's always been there on a certain level that I would be an entrepreneur. Um, but I certainly didn't start out in the beginning, um, thinking I would be an entrepreneur. Even today I walk to the dealership sometimes at night when I'm here by myself and I walk through and I look around and I just, I'm still in awe that it's, it's my dealership. I still, uh, it's still an awesome feeling, yeah. That's amazing. Mm. So as you think about some of those things that you uh, learned along the way, um, are, there, are there things um, that you have taken with you, strategies or, you know, whatever it is, are there things that you have, have taken along the way that you still do today in terms of, of running of running your own business yes and a lot of my staff have even said it to me um, I think I have a good uh, way of remembering that people have lives outside of work mm -hmm. and I respect that big time um, I think that's why a lot of staff followed me um, 
because I remember, you know, you, you do have a life outside of work. I don't think that people should have to beg to have a day off. You want a day off, you tell me you want a day off. Um, you know, if you have issues, you can always talk to me. My, one of my favorite sayings is I have an open door policy. My door is always open unless it's closed, but it's always open, right? Like, and I very rarely have a closed door. And a lot of my staff over the years, I remember one guy told me that him and his wife were having a baby before they told the family. You know what I mean? I was like, why are you, why are you telling me? Um, I mean, obviously there's a fine line there that you, you don't cross, but I think my staff knows that I know they have a life outside of work and it's important that they're happy, you know, in work and outside of work. We spend a lot of time together. We really, you know, you spend eight, 10, 12 hours a day with these people. So, you know, it's nice when you have a, a team atmosphere and that they, they, you know, it doesn't cost me anything to tell them what a great job they're doing or how much I appreciate them. And, you know, how is their wife? How is their, their husband? How's their kids? How's the dog? How, you know, like just sort of, you know, treat them like part of my family. I spend a lot of time with them. So I definitely take that with me. Um, my other thing I always say is, uh, I'm, I do expect high a lot from my staff. I, I expect, I always say I have a super team. I have the best people in the business. My expectations are high, but I also like to have a lot of fun. I think you have to find that balance with your staff because they're why I'm here every day, right? Mm. Well, and how many do you have on staff right now, Tammy? 10. 10. And that has grown quite a bit. So when you started, how many did you have? Uh, Five. Five. So you've doubled your staff in the last Mm -hmm. year. And a number of those key people have come with you. So what do you think that's about? (laughs) Just what I said, treating them like human beings, right? Because some of them could even make money at other dealerships, you know, and I just, they wanted to be here, that they wanted to grow with it. They wanted to work with me and the team that I've built. I mean, is a dollar an hour extra worth not being happy every day? You know, so they've agreed to, you know, grow with me and, um, you know, they love that. I involve my staff in all my decisions too. I really, really do. I'm not going to be the one taking the cars in and out of the shop. So why should I decide where their hoist goes or their boxes or their tools or their airlines? I've always involved my staff in the decisions. I think it's really important. They know better than I do. You know, like, obviously I'll weigh the pros and cons and I talk to my management team, but I always involve my staff in decisions that I'm making that's going to affect them because I'm not a dictatorship. So <laughs> Well, and I think that's yeah. such a good point, right? That, mm. you know, often um, a, a person that I worked for a while ago used to say the, the person best fit to make the decision is the person closest to the problem. That's right. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. Yeah. What do you see as your greatest strength in business and what are the areas where you feel like you're still growing and need to build? Um, I think my greatest strength would probably be the ability to multitask. And uh, I have usually 20, 30 balls in the air at any given time. And um, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's something you train for or whatever, but I just seem to be able to accomplish a lot and have a lot going on. I think that's maybe that's an entrepreneurial thing 
Mm -hmm. um, and I seem to be able to excel at that, to be able to multitask and make sure everything gets done. Like, cause in a car dealership, you're, you're almost five businesses in one. So it's really tough because you have a technician in the shop whose personality and things that are going on in the shop are completely different from the salespeople, you know, you have suited up on the floor type thing. So it's the ability to kind of put different hats on all the time to make sure, you know, none of the balls hit the ground. Mm. Um, so I, um, I think I'm good at that. As far as what do I need to work on? Um, Probably, oh, let me think about that one. That's a hard one. And now it makes me sound like I don't think there's anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess it's, I do have to force myself to get out of my shell sometimes. I really, people say, oh, you're doing speeches and stuff all the time, but I don't necessarily enjoy it. And I, I do force myself to do that. I wish I was more natural at, um, you know, we go to those mixers and stuff and I always tell myself, okay, you're going to introduce yourself to five people today. And I never do. I'm, I, as much as people would say you're crazy, you're not shy. I, I am. I, I do have like a, a shell that I'll crawl into. Um, yeah, I find that hard networking. Mm, yeah, Plus people enough. are coming up to me. Yeah. I find it really, I'd rather not do it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, just, we're going to go to commercial in just a minute. Um, but okay. before we do that, I would love to hear from you. What do you wish you knew when you like, what do you wish that you um, know now that you wish you knew when you started out in the automotive industry? I guess it would have been nice to know what, I could have been striving for like I didn't really know what was out there or what the possibilities were um, in a car dealership as far as positions available and things that you can do and how lucrative the car business can be and the different positions that are in a dealership that are for women like and I try and let other women know that I've had certain groups come through the dealership and um, explain to them like all the different positions that are available um, that are well-paying jobs that you don't need to be a guy and you don't need to know about cars. I mean, you can train for anything. So I wish I would have known more of the possibilities, I guess, that were out there because I had no idea till I caught into it. So I'm really striving to let people know of the possibilities that are in a dealership for work. So. Right. Okay. So when yeah. we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach-Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach-Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Welcome back to Breakthrough. My name is Sarah Roach-Lewis, and I'm here with Tammy Roach of Charlottetown Mitsubishi. Before the break, Tammy, who is a, is a dealer and owns a, a car dealership, was talking about uh, the fact that she wished she had have known a little bit more about what were some of those sort of opportunities within the industry. So, Tammy, I'd love for you to just tell our listeners a little bit about that, um, because women in particular don't necessarily see themselves in a car dealership. Yeah, which is really sad, because I think women make great... Um, employees like I have a wonderful sales lady who sells cars for me and she did come from selling um, other things but she's definitely excelling Um, women do make 80% of the car buying decisions um, statistics show so to have a woman on the floor people love it I get a lot of great great feedback and I mean I had salespeople at the last dealership make over $100,000 a year selling cars. And I mean, you don't even need an education for that. You just need people skills. And we train for all of that. Um, Another great position is a business manager, which does all the financing in the back end. I mean, they make six figures, most of them. And I mean, it's all selling uh, banking products, getting people set up for their financing. You know, it's very detail orientated and has selling involved as well. But I mean, women typically make the best business managers. I think because of the empathy you show, empathy, right? You're you're good at selling, etc. Um, and service advisors. Um, I'm hoping to be hiring one in the spring. Uh, a lady that I've been talking to, and they make great. Um, service advisors because again the empathy like this went wrong with my car blah, blah, blah. a lot of time people just want to vent about the experience mm-hmm. they had and women typically have that empathetic ear where you're yeah I understand I'd feel the same way as you okay so let's get you fixed up and on the way Tuesday I have another female apprentice technician starting so I'm very 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 excited about that Um, so I mean, all of these positions, I was service manager for years. It used to throw people off guard. I loved it. Um, you know, I'd hear people out at the, at the counter, I want to speak to the manager. (laughs) Okay. So I'd stand up and I'd be like, hello, Tammy Roach, how can I help you? And they'd just be like staring at me like, who the heck is this lady? Right. Um, but I would help them, you know, people soon learn that I do what I say and say what I do. So no, there's definitely positions at a car dealership yeah Yeah. definitely so Tammy you know um as a woman who owns a car um it is just one of those experiences that is gendered I people talk all the time about you know sort of that it, it just feels uncomfortable and so tell me a little bit about 
how you plan to do business differently as a women-led dealership? My number one rule, and I keep it really simple, is treat people right, period. Everybody that comes to the door gets treated the same. It doesn't matter who or who you are, um, what we might perceive your economic status to be. Doesn't matter to me. Everybody gets treated the same. Everybody gets treated with respect and everybody gets greeted at the door. Um, I'm very particular about this. Uh, if somebody isn't greeted within a few seconds of walking onto my lot, I get very emotional. Um, and everybody's greeted the same. There's no, and I tell people this when they come through the door, there's no smoke and mirrors here. We're completely transparent. There's no high pressure sales. I just, I don't believe in that. I believe, I strongly believe you treat people right, it will come back to you as success. And that's all I want. So how do you instill that in your staff? Is that something that it's training or are you hiring um, for that? What does that look like? All of the above. So it's training. It's also learning by watching me and how I treat people. Um, you know, and I listen. I'm always, I'm constantly eavesdropping. I know what's going on in the dealership <laughs> at all times. So I'm always in my office kind of like, what are they saying? Okay, so what's going on out there? And I try and make a point, I do make a point actually of meeting every single person that comes into the dealership, whether it's just go up and hi, I'm Tammy Roach, thank you so much for coming in, I'm the owner, you know, what, what brought you in today, just like to say hello. Um, so then I get a pretty good idea of how they're, they're getting treated. Um, and most of my staff I've worked with before, so they know my expectations, right? Like if a customer is upset, I, I take that personally. I really, it's not hard to treat somebody fairly, like just treat people fairly. So yeah. that's a really good point. What, you know, what does that look like? I mean, it's one thing to, um, to manage those relationships when people are in that excited phase of mm -hmm. buying a new car. What does it look like and how do you encourage your staff to manage situations where people aren't happy? Make them happy. <laughs> Make them happy. So I empower my staff to... I don't know how else to say, throw money at it if you have to, right? Sure. Like, and my favorite question to ask a customer is, what would make you happy? What, you know, after they tell me what happened, you know, because things happen all the time. Nothing's perfect. Um, cars aren't perfect. But to me, the difference between me and maybe somebody else is, it's how I deal with it right? Like things are going to happen. Nothing's perfect. So how do you deal with it? So I empower my staff to, you know, if a customer is unhappy, maybe they waited too long or I don't know. I'm trying to think of different scenarios where things can go wrong. Well, yeah. what can make it right? Like detail their car for them to, before they come pick it up, clean it without even telling them, um, put gifts in their car, you know, or I'm so sorry, I, I'm not charging you today for your tire change because something yeah. happened. And I empower my staff to make those decisions on the fly because, you know, the longer a customer waits when they're upset, the more upset they get. So I like to nip things in the bud right away. And I have a really large budget for customer relations. I that do. Was, I really yeah. do. 
Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions is, you know, it's one thing to, to sort of say that. And so do, from a structural perspective, your staff know, I actually have a budget to yeah. make people happy. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's and, so they, and they know the way I would do it too. You know what I mean? Like, man, if I can spend a few hours in my detailing department to clean your car for you because the oil change took a little bit longer than you thought you're going to be pretty happy about that. Or, you know, I'll call people up and go, I've put a credit of $50, whatever on your account for you to use the next time you come in. Or, you know, yeah. I, it, it costs me more to get a new customer than to keep an old one. Mm -hmm. Right. And plus I want people to be happy. I want to be able to wear my Mitsubishi jacket and drive my car downtown with my head held high, knowing that my customers are taken care of. And they're going to tell all their friends, right? And I just, I know how I'd want to be treated. And I would be their worst customer. I tell them that all the time. I said, man, <laughs> you're lucky that wasn't me. <laughs> like, you know, I just, I, uh, customer service is number one. And I know that sounds like such a cliche. But, you know, I want people to be happy. Great. You know? Yeah, no, fair enough. I think that's great. And, I, you know, if we really look at strategy, that is certainly a strategy that you are using in order mm -hmm. to grow your business is focusing on customer service. Not everyone focuses, not everyone understands that retaining a customer is cheaper than getting a new customer. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me this, Tammy, tell me about a time where you experienced failure. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Um, and how did it show up as a win later on? Oh, I remember years ago when I was very first service manager, um, somebody, I can't remember the details, but I know a customer sent me not a very nice email and I responded right away with not a very nice email back. I'm not proud of it. Um, I was so, and the next day when I came in and read both the emails, I was like, what did I do? Why did I, like, I just sort of knee jerk reacted back. Like, cause like I said, I do take things personally. Um, cause I know how hard I try anyway. Yeah. And that taught me probably the biggest lesson in customer relations that I've ever learned was never respond right away. So if somebody says something about me on Facebook or, you know, sends me an email or something nasty is done. I always take a second to breathe, really think about it and think about what my response is going to be. And sometimes you got to bite your tongue till it bleeds, whether you know if somebody's right or not. Um, yeah, I've bit my tongue a lot of times, but it's worth it, you know, because somebody perceives something was bad that's their perception and I can't control their perception if yeah. you know what I mean so I've really learned from that big mistake where I did the knee jerk and I kind of sent a nasty email back I've never done that again and I've always sort of breathed before mm. I respond you know really think about it and, and then respond um, that was a big learning curve. That was hard. I remember crying my heart out at home. I can't believe it. Why would I do that? That's not who I am. And blah, 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 you know, and I called the customer and genuinely apologized, but, um, it was kind of too late. Yeah, sometimes. Well, and you learned the lesson. 
Boy, did I. Yes. That customer. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I lost one. (laughs) Yeah. So Tammy, you know, we've talked a lot about um, your journey and what role has mentorship taken in your journey? And then really looking at how are you, how do you give that back? Oh, like I said, I try and have women through, um, I know you've spoken before about Trade Horizons, which is women getting into the trade. So they've come through and done a tour of the dealership and I've talked to them about different careers and things available. So I try and give back that way. I've had a few different business women's groups through the dealership. Um, I love doing that, like showing them the shop and under a car and, you know, giving advice and things like that. Um, I love doing stuff like that. And also I'm sponsoring a lot of women's groups, um, going to a concert next week. So different things like that, try and sort of give back to the women in business community. Um, yeah. So any opportunity I have to do that, I'm going up to Toronto in a few weeks, I'm sitting on a round table, uh, discussing women in the automotive business. Um, so different things where I can kind of lend where I think we are and what needs to change, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I'm sort of doing little things here and there whenever I can. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. You you know, the industry that you're in is, is very um, traditionally male. Yeah. And there are lots of other industries that are similar to that. So what have you done over the years to navigate a traditionally male industry. I learned to do shots. No, I'm teasing. Um, (laughs) um, One thing is I don't offend easily. Um, Like, you know, when the old boys club gets chatting and cursing and carrying on, that doesn't bother me, never really has. So I never really take that to heart. Um, So I think, you know, having a little bit of a thicker, tougher skin is, you know, helped. Um, And then I used to have people tease me going, well, you're a woman in a man's world, so you just have to be better. And I said, yeah, exactly. I just have to be better. Um, And speak out, you know, like I used to be uh, really unsure of, you know, what to say in this big group with all these men. Um, but over time I sort of learned that they don't know any more than I do. And so I, I, I get involved. I speak my mind. I tell them exactly the way that I feel. It took a while to get there. Um, but, uh, they soon respect, respect you and you, you earn that. You have to earn respect more so than maybe the guys would have to. Mm. So, um, that's fine. I was just, so hearkening back to that. Um, of, you know, it, it, it took you some time to get there. Mm-hmm. What um, can you think of? Was there a catalyst to like, okay, yeah, no, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Or was there an evolution in your confidence to get to the place of I, my voice is as important as everyone else's in these big tables? I just think it was going to a few meetings and being the only woman in the room and listening to them. Um, And realizing, okay, they don't know any more than I do. And then just sort of, I would, I always sort of mentor myself before I go through the door, like, okay, today you're going to talk. You're going to 
you know, talk. And, and then once I started, then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm really not lesser or not as smart or I know as much as they do. So then I would soon start speaking my mind. I love that you use self-talk and, you know, some of these oh, different the circumstances, right? Like mm-hmm. when you need to, needed to call those investors and in these, so having those little conversations and those pep talks with Tammy, pep talks with Tammy. I um, do. <laughs> All the time. Great. Yeah. What is uh, something that keeps you up at night? If there's an unhappy customer that really bothers me, um, I want to try and make them happy. Um, same with staff that things like that bother me and numbers, numbers bother me too. Like why, why didn't they come back? Why did they, things like that. And I'm always trying to think of different things to do. You know, I don't, I always try and think outside the box. So when I'm running or I'm walking or I'm out somewhere, my brain is constantly churning, thinking of different innovative ways to, you know, raise money for charities or get people through the door or, you know, do something different with my staff or, you know, I, I like to be creative. I write my own radio commercials and do my own ads. And I'm always trying to think, how can I, I'm constantly thinking my brain never turns off. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so common with entrepreneurs, right? Um, mm-hmm. How do you celebrate your wins, Tammy? Wine. Um, um, I like celebrating with my staff, a lot of high fiving and, you know, we'll, I'll get lunch for everybody or, um, you know, we'll go out as a team. Um, my husband and I, we will, we'll have like a bottle of wine or have like a really, Mm -hmm. we love food. We're foodies. So we'll have like a really nice meal and a nice bottle of wine or, so I'll celebrate that way and traveling, um, like Mitsubishi's and car dealerships in general are really good for giving trips away. So that's usually like you put an incentive in front of me and I'm going to do it. Right. So Amazing. right. Yeah. Right now we're up for a trip to Mexico and Japan. Wow. So we'll know sort of mid January if we're going. So those will definitely be celebrating wins because there's targets I have to meet to win the trip. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a celebration. Very cool. Listen, I'm going to take us to break. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Tammy Roach. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to grow your business to the next level? Check out SRL Solutions for more information on training, coaching, and lots of resources for building your business sustainably and profitably. As a partner who helps you strategize and plan, Sarah Roach Lewis helps you turn your vision into reality. She helps you identify the right area of focus at the right time. Visit srl.solutions to find out more and for a free consultation. That's srl.solutions. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You are listening to Breakthrough with Sarah Roach Lewis. To reach Sarah or her guest on today's program, please send an email to Sarah at srl.solutions. Again, that's Sarah at srl.solutions. Now, back to this week's episode of Breakthrough. Welcome back to Breakthrough. I'm Sarah Roach Lewis, and I'm here with Tammy Roach. Tammy, tell me, what is your, what's next on the horizon for you? What are you focusing on now for, for yourself and for Charlotte Mitsubishi? Growth, always growing. Um, I'm never happy. I <laughs> uh, just continually growth. You know, I'm doing forecasting for next year and it's all growth, growth, growth. You know, I want to build my team. I want to grow um, and expand and who knows, maybe another car dealership. Um, I have a couple other ideas uh, that I'm thinking about that all revolve around cars and things. Um, yeah, I'm all, all grow, growing. And for me, I would like to not have to work 70 hours a week. Um, I know that, you know, I went in knowing for the first couple of years, it'll be 70 hours a week, no problem, willing to make those sacrifices. But I am looking forward to having a little bit more time for me and my family. But uh, that would be my personal growth. Yeah, Yeah. no, fair enough. So yeah. and growth, I mean, so you have been in business for less than a year. And during the break, you told me an amazing, uh, an amazing story that I do want you to share with everyone else. So in business for less than a year, and where are you ranked with the 95 uh, Mitsubishi dealerships across the country? We're number five out of wow. 95. Yeah, it was pretty neat when I got the report. I was like, wow, that means we're like fifths in the country. <laughs> okay, that's great. No wonder that's, they love me at head office. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank and tell you. me, um, just when you think about that, um, that journey that you've been on, was there a point where Tammy just went, yeah, I'm ambitious, and yeah, I'm competitive, and yeah, I want to hit every one of those targets? Yeah, I always sort of was, even as general manager. But then I think just walking through the showroom when my showroom actually opened was like sort of a, I'm going to kick ass and take names moment. Um, and I'm like, wow, and I love what I do. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, just sort of walking through the showroom sometimes by myself. Uh, it's when I have those conversations with myself about, wow, we're going to, we're going to kick it. So, yeah. It's amazing. And I think, you know, it's, it is, it is so inspiring because there's this great quote from Marie Wilson. Um, she was out of the U S and part of a project around the white house. And it's this idea about, you can't be what you can't see. And part of the vision that I had for this show is showcasing ambitious, entrepreneurial women who are making such a difference. And I, and I see that with you in this space that ha, that is so masculine that you've been able to um, put your own mark on it. And, and, you know, not only in the big ways, but with these delightful touches like the chandelier um, lights in the bathrooms at the dealership. Absolutely. I have to have chandeliers in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the full length mirrors, so we can really oh, yeah. see what we look like. Yeah, it's amazing. I just think it's so great, um, and I think part of that, you know, that is so great, and that is 
being able to do it your way and mm -hmm. having the confidence to just make those decisions. So what would you say is that piece of advice that you have for women who want to hit the seven figure mark in their business? Believe it's going to happen. Absolutely. I am 100% believer in the power of positive thinking. Now for everybody, it might be different. Maybe it's prayer, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's just talking to yourself. Like I talk to myself all the time. Um, the, the belief you put it out there and it will happen. Like I just believe so strongly in things and that they're going to happen. And, and it's always surprises me when they do. Um, actually, no, it doesn't surprise me because I believe it so strongly. The power of positive thinking and surrounding yourself with positivity. I do not surround myself in drama. I do not surround myself with people who aren't positive. I, I can't be around it. Um, I surround myself in positivity, um, always believing something better is going to happen. Always believe that. Always. I've always felt that way. Um, I'm never really concerned about other people and, and negativity and drama. and bleh. I always just focus on what I'm doing and what my team is doing and positive, positive. The power of positive thinking is so, so powerful. Just believe it. It will happen. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, Tammy, I do want to say it's so great to talk to you about your success. And I am so excited and proud for you. And I can't wait to continue to watch you grow and build. So thank you so much for being on Breakthrough. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to take a few minutes before we wrap up the show today to talk about some of those business building activities that we can do uh, in the last month of the year, now that we're in December. At the beginning of the show, Tammy and I talked about um, our favorite stick as auntie and niece at networking activities. And, you know, for, for many of you, December is going to be such a critical month in terms of, of making the sales and ending out the year strong in that way that you want to. What I've seen over the years with some of my clients is that December can be a really challenging time in business because people aren't necessarily interested in making new sales or, or you know, making that purchase that we might want them to make. And so one of the things that I think is really such a wonderful business building activity that we can all do in December is focus on networking. Um, the reality is we are moving into that holiday season where there are all kinds of Christmas parties and open houses and gala events. And so I want you to think about what opportunities could you explore or experience by taking some time to go out and do maybe something a little bit different than you normally do? I want to talk to you a little bit about my own experience with networking because even as we say that, I can feel some of you cringing um, across the interwebs. 
A number of years ago, I was at a really amazing event in Ottawa, and I was there for the work that I was doing with Women in Trades Technology at the time, and so there were women from all across Canada gathered in our nation's capital. There's probably 300 women there, and you know some of the most brilliant brains in the country around this particular topic. I was so pleased and thrilled to be there, and um, and so we were having lunch and sitting around this table, all these really smart women, and we ended up talking about the weather and our kids and things like that. You know, good topics for sure. But I was so frustrated with myself after I left. I thought, you know, here was a really amazing opportunity to have really interesting and and conversations with some depth to them. And what we ended up talking about was hockey and kids and hockey games with kids. And I found it really frustrating. It was such a good example of how challenging I it particularly found networking. Now, I am an extrovert. Um, I'm a Leo. My natural habitat is at the front of the room. It shouldn't be a place where someone like me struggles. And yet, I struggled so hard with figuring out how to network in these sort of business and leadership venues that a number of years ago, I created a, a, an event here on Prince Edward Island where I live called uh, Get Up and Go Breakfast for Women Leaders. And the whole purpose of uh, Get Up and Go was to bring women together in a room where we would um, feed people breakfast, have an opportunity for chatting. Uh, I interview a woman leader in our community, and then uh, we give opportunity at the tables for reflection on that. When I was working on developing that, um, the, the structure of that event with my two um, friends and colleagues, uh, Dawn Binz and Kieran Ann McDougall from Insight Brand and Marketing Studio, I was so reflecting on my own experience networking and my own experience really struggling in those circumstances to have the kinds of conversations I really wanted to have, but just didn't really know how to start. So we actually created a structure that would allow for those kinds of conversations because we started at 7 a.m. Uh, we, we, you know, we certainly welcome our 7.30. So we welcome women into the room, got them some coffee, you know, chat, 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 very relaxed. But after the, the interview that I would do with that, that woman leader in our community, we actually created um, questions and opportunities for reflection at the table. There's so much richness in having those kinds of discussions. And yet, at the end of the day, we all struggle with it in some way, shape, or form. So I say that just to say that, you know, networking is something that I think is probably difficult for all of us, certainly more challenging for some than others. And yet, what we know is that business moves at the speed of relationships. And we have this beautiful opportunity in front of us right now to build those relationships in a more natural and relaxed way. So I want, I, and, and when I think about that, again, I think about, I go back to uh, 
Christmas party that I attended in 2015 uh, from our local, uh, our little tiny uh, chamber of commerce here where I live. And I went to this event and I, I had to push myself to go because like I say, it's not necessarily comfortable, but I thought, you know what? It is, it was literally in my neighborhood and I live in the country, so that's not easy to have happen. And I thought, why wouldn't I just drive down that road and go and, you know, go and have some conversations uh, before I go home? So I went off and did that. And, you know, one of the most amazing things that has ever happened in my life happened as a result of going to that Christmas concert or that Christmas party. So I went to the Christmas party. I uh, met an old friend, someone who I've known for years and years and years. And we were having a chat um, in front of this beautiful roaring fire, maybe with a drink in our hand. And she asked me, you know, so what are you doing? What are you thinking about? And I said, you know what, actually, um, I'm really thinking about leaving my job. Um, I'm, I'm ready for a change. I don't know what that is right now, but I'm, I'm ready for a change. And she said, well, so am I. And this is what I'm doing. And uh, would you be interested in learning more about it? And so what came to pass is that she was leaving her job, starting a business with her husband, and they were looking for someone to join them to help them create sort of systems and processes to scale their business. And that so we met, that was in December, um, and we met again over the Christmas holidays to learn a little bit more about their venture. And by May, I had left the job I'd been in for eight years. I moved from the not-for-profit sector to the business world, and it was truly as a result of going to that, um, to that Christmas party. I don't think that would have happened for me in that particular way if I hadn't have gone to that. So, you know, again, I, I think then to last year, um, I went to another Christmas party and again, having a really, just a little chat, chat, chat conversation um, with a woman in our community. And over the course of that conversation, she started telling me about um, the new business that she was creating. And she was asking me what I did. So I explained to her what I did. And lo and behold, we, um, we ended up working together. She is one of, uh, one of my clients. We've worked together for a whole year and have had an amazing experience where together to uh, to build this new venture um, that she's doing so I want you to just think about what are those opportunities and again to go to these networking events not with a specific target or reason in mind I didn't go to either of those events thinking I'm gonna get a new job or maybe I'll get a new client I went to those events wanting to hang out with like-minded people to celebrate and to, um, you know, to meet different people. The other thing that I would say about networking is sometimes we think about that in, in that idea of like, we have to go and meet new people and we have to put ourselves out there. One of the greatest joys I find in going to these holiday events now is that I have an opportunity to see friends and acquaintances that I don't know and that I, are, that I, I, I know, but I don't get to see on a regular basis. So I actually have really shifted from someone who struggles with the, even the thought of it, um, paralyzes me to, I look forward to it. And I look forward to it 
for the opportunity to have interesting conversations. And if it leads to something else, that's great. If it doesn't lead to anything else, that's okay too, because I've just had a really great time. One of the other things I think when we, when we want to look at networking is um, to imagine that in a way of going and having conversations with people and asking them questions about themselves and thinking about how can I, um, how can I help them? How can I provide value to them rather than going to these events, you know, with our business cards in hand, just ready to sort of deal them out like cards to go and have authentic conversations to genuinely learn about the people who are in the room, whether that's someone that you don't know at all, or that's someone um, that you do know, and you haven't had that opportunity to see them maybe since the last holiday party. So that to me is um, a really important and easy business building opportunity that we have in December. Again, business moves at the speed of relationships. You have no idea what could emerge from that other than an enjoyable conversation, a funny story, a new job, or a new client. The other thing that we tend to be thinking about this time of year is looking to 2020 and what are the ways that we can grow and build on the success that we've experienced in this year. I would love for you to go and take a look at my website, srl.solutions. What I have is a training that I'm doing called Double Your Revenues in 2020. I have done a lot of work over the last number of years with all kinds of clients um, and also in my own business to really identify the strategies, the planning, and then the action that it takes to really grow your businesses quickly, profitably, and sustainably. I um, would love for you to join me in one of my trainings that I have coming up. It's free and it will give you all kinds of fodder for thought that uh, for how to grow your own business in 2020. In the meantime, I do want to say thank you so much for listening. I want to encourage you to go to a holiday party. Before you go to the holiday party, if you're enjoying this show, certainly feel free to reach out, send me an email, and, uh, and subscribe where you get your podcasts, um, whether that's on iTunes or Sketcher or Stitcher or, um, or Spotify. Certainly subscribe and, um, and, and leave me a review. All of those things are really lovely and I would love to hear from you um, about, about the show and if you have any questions. So my name is Sarah Roach-Lewis. This is Breakthrough and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Breakthrough. Be sure to join Sarah Roach Lewis again with another inspiring interview next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.